Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we are in the foyer of Arts House and we're speaking with Rocky. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Rocky Stone uh, and I'm a circus performer primarily. Um, yeah, go with that. Sure, that's sweet. <laughs> and what are you busy with? What's your body busy with? What's your mind busy with? Um, oh, good question. Um, Thinking about or working through or... Yeah, it's. I guess it's straddling um, uh, both uh, pushing an existing show that um, that I have, which is about climate change, and um, well, it's kind of a meditation on the, the the world that we find ourselves in right now, and uh, that's called perhaps hope, and and um, thinking about how to different ways to put um, put that out there, and and you know make it make work for us, <laughs> um, and also make it reach an audience. Uh, that and thinking about making a new work. <laughs> what do you, where do you think it transitions from thinking about making a new work <laughs> to starting to make a new work? Well, because it's a bit another good question. Um, I kind of uh, uh, I think um, look to be honest, uh, I often uh, get pushed to make a new work I think <laughs> either something is driving me but um, often it's circumstance that uh, might push the actual practicalities of it um, like a, a presentation opportunity or a deadline that's right yeah I think so or you know or a grant or yeah, yeah, yeah whatever yeah, yeah. Um, but having said that that's not the case in this instance except that I've made you know with my my existing company, which is just a, a, a two-hander with uh, another person called Vince. Uh, it, he and I made this work, perhaps hope, and it just feels like it's time to make a new work. And uh, so there's nothing particularly that's driving this except for the fact that I had an idea. So this is kind of a little bit different, I guess. But um, I guess so now I'm kind of looking for presentational opportunities or... Uh, or the money or the impetus or the opportunities that, you know, that I can kind of jump on to kind of tick the work, you know, keep the work, the, the ideas gestating and, the, and, and letting them come become a physical reality rather than just ideas. Do you want to talk about the idea or not yet? <laughs> ah, no, I don't want to talk about the idea. <laughs> Absolutely no, that's sacrilegious. <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you let it sit with you until you've got the money and the space and the time and the bodies? Um, I don't know what the idea is in, in a sense. Yeah. That's why I can't talk about it. But I've just got kind of um, – in this instance, I have uh, something something that just kind of bit me on the bum, really. Like right. a, 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 And sometimes it's a problem or a thing that I just feel really passionate about or something that's um, – or it could be kind of a – a myriad of ideas that I can't really connect the dots with yet, but something, something, it's like something greater is telling me, no, these will, these will connect eventually. Just sit with it. <laughs> Just keep following these, these things, these, you know, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and is that like a never give up situation or is that like a, you will know when the, as the things arise you'll know what to keep and what to let go of and absolutely I do like there's a there's a kind of um, there's a technician there's a technician in me that knows what to uh, 
when it comes to making the work, the, yeah, the technician in me absolutely, you know, go, runs off instinct and just knows, you know, what to follow, what to let go of, what to kind of, you know, and I, I, in a sense I don't not follow anything. I always follow, you know, follow the rabbits down the rabbit holes. But um, in terms of like pulling the work together, it's uh, the technician takes over and, and happily, you know, just kind of enjoys that process. Does but that come from training or does that come from like a sensitivity to that aesthetic and form? For me, it, I guess it's a bit of both. Uh, I'm not particularly formally trained in making theatre. Yeah. Um, I, uh, in a sense, my training is just having been on stage since I was three. So there's kind of, and I think I know, there's things that I know without knowing what I know. Um, and I went away to uh, and got myself a uh, a postgraduate a postgraduate diploma in uh, at VCA a few years ago because I just felt like I didn't have the credentials to to kind of understand what I knew and to kind of put a frame around what I knew and to also fill in the gaps of what I didn't know and in a sense that um, that's what that postgraduate doc did you know that. Um, diploma did for me but it didn't really it didn't teach me te- you know theatre making techniques yeah. either it just gave you a language for what you already understood or yeah and, and it did kind of fill in some gaps but without me really kind of understanding what gaps it was filling in at the time you know kind of it meant that I was uh, in a better position to kind of go forth and keep trying keep doing stuff and find and, and but then kind of I guess in retrospect to kind of understand a, be- a bit better what I how maybe I understood how to make work, yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. It, to- it makes total sense. I'm just wondering how it if – if you feel like all of those things were at play when you made Perhaps Hope. Yeah, by the time I made Perhaps Hope, uh, I, I did have a much better understanding of what I – well, no, I actually, no, I think since making Perhaps Hope, I now – I now understand a bit better about what how mm. I make work, and that, and that which is, which is in a sense interesting to me because I, um, after making after doing uh, my year at VCA, uh, a couple of years later, I I made a work with two others and um, called Fright or Flight, and that was, uh, and we didn't really know what we were doing. We just kind of went, you know, Bleh, there's a thing. Um, but we're all, three of us were all quite kind of kooky performers in the circus world and the show that we therefore gave birth to was pretty kooky and pretty unusual and it, and it, and it, got, it gained attention and um, it won Best Circus in Adelaide, in, you know, in its premiere um, uh, you know, in its premiere season and, uh, and so we, we flew it to Edinburgh and we... Uh, we got a nomination for an award there, so that was pretty encouraging. Oh. But it was. Um, did you know? Did did, you feel, did we know what we were doing? Did you feel that the show was good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I felt that the show was good. I couldn't really describe to you what the show was in a sense because I could never sit outside it, which was an interesting perspective to realise. Um, to be the like director performer, which we all were. Like we kind of we co- we made it together. We. We, we we co-created it. We but not, none of us could sit outside it. You know, we had we had we had help. Uh, we had feedback. You know, people kind of watching it from the outside and giving us thoughts on what they thought. But ultimately, you can never. You know, you're kind of directing via video. <laughs> you like, yeah. you know, and absolutely, we knew that we had we had kind of good instincts. I guess um, 
but also I knew we knew that we were pretty green, you know, like and so there's the always the question of can you do it again? <laughs> can you make a second show, you know? And so perhaps hope I guess was that second show. Um but I did it with you know a, a different performer. Um and he and I that was an inter- that's been a really interesting relationship to kind of to foster where I was the kind of driving force initially for the work and and when Vince came on I, I asked if Vince was interested in, in making this show with me and um, he came on board kind of with the understanding at first that he was just going to be told what to do by me and uh, and I remember you know and that's absolutely not the way I work and not interested in being the way I work you know <laughs> <laughs> you know, mostly because I have no idea what I, you know. I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing necessarily at the beginning of a process. So, um, I was pretty keen to get him on board as a co-collaborator. So we established that, and he was he was up for it, which was cool. Um, and you know, and then we went forth and made this work. And and once again, you know, got some attention, won won award, got a nomination for two green rooms, got a nomination for an award in Edinburgh. You know, so it's. That's encouraging, mm. <laughs> and I certainly at the end. It's interesting now to to have uh, toured this work with Vince, and now to be in a position where I've come to him and gone, I've got this kind of thing, this 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 thing that's bit me on the bum that won't let me go. You know, that, um, these ideas. You know, how how does it sit with you? That you know, do you want to make another work? And um, and that's been really. That's been really interesting for you know for me to to do that and and him say yeah absolutely and kind of nurture me along the way in that where I've had moments of going I don't know what the I don't know what 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 I'm doing what I'm thinking about like I, this is kind of I'm getting a bit lost in this and he's just like doesn't matter like let's get going let's do this you know let's so he's kind of sitting alongside which is amazing awesome like to have a a collaborator who's prepared to just. Uh, you know, put the blindfold on with you and just <laughs> step forth and go, okay, you know, like, and, and be you kind of be the the guy next to you that that is trusting you, even when you're not trusting yourself. You know, like that's pretty that's pretty nice. I liked how you were, um, started the Q and A about saying that you had the had concerns about the the way the world is. And the way the world that we're living in, but the area of expertise is making a show, and so you did that, but with no um, idea that the show that you were making was going to change the, the way that the world was. But you had to take action, and that's the action you knew how to take. Yeah, basically. And then what it gives is a like a. A space it makes space in daily life for people to step out of it and then come and see you do what you do and then have the discussion and share the concern with you but I wonder if you're when you're talking about an idea biting on the bum and then having to deal with it physically so that you can really pull it apart I wonder what you think about the state of the world before embodying it in the acts that were in perhaps hope versus now what you think about the state of the like do you still think the same thing about the state of the world and you just understand it more or you mean uh do you mean 
when I perform the work, am mm. I thinking about the same things that when I made the work as, or does do I change and the work does I the work change? Is that when you're the cha- making the work has changed you and your relationship to the state of the world? It, because making the work hasn't changed the state of the world. If we're going from that assumption, mm. then I guess making the work has changed you. I think so. I mean, just by the act of deciding to make a work that is born of uh, finding yourself, you know, with an overwhelming sense of, of, you know, what the fuck. (laughs) Excuse my terminology. Did you want to call the work that instead? (laughs) Actually, the work was originally called... Uh, perhaps there is hope yet. Uh-huh. But before that, I did have a, a much... I can't even remember what it was now, uh-huh. but I um, I submitted the work to the Melbourne Fringe and uh, it was the artistic director at the time of Melbourne Fringe that I gave him a couple of options for the title and he just totally jumped on perhaps there is hope yet and went, no, no, it's that one, that's the one. And then, yeah, and then the title of the work has shrunk to perhaps hope because when you put your work in Edinburgh Fringe, it's important to reduce the title of your work because <laughs> the word count is really important. It's also an easier hashtag. But um, but it's certainly, back to your question, um, I think I've definitely, uh, look, you know, I feel like the work, unbelievably, weird, you know, unbelievably, the world is so different from two years ago. Like, I don't know how we've gotten so... So further along. So further path, along, yeah. you know, in every direction, <laughs> you know, in both, you know, travesty and, yeah. uh, you know, dire circumstance yeah. and pro- possibly hope and, you know... Uh, yeah. Uh, two years ago was such a different place and that's that's weird. Like, it's quite interesting to, to sit in the show and and all the kind of conversation around it and everything that it means... And for it to be a yardstick, actually, you know, to go, I, you know, back two years ago, I was, as part of the research, you know, reading Naomi Klein's This Changes Everything and now feeling like that's even dated, you know, and that's only three years old, that book, you know, and the world's changing so rapidly makes, does make me wonder where on earth we're going to be in two years' time, you know. <laughs> Do you think this work will, like, be, will have a shelf life? Or it's of its time or it actually has enough space within it to always be of the time that it is watched in. Potentially. And I guess I didn't, wasn't really prescriptive when I made the work. Um, the work is, I mean, I say the work is about climate change. Really, the, the work is about hope and the work is about trying to find hope in, in circumstances. It's really, it feels impossible to, you know, against Where the you're, odds. You're somehow <laughs> told that if you're smart, then you don't have any hope because you can see what's going on. And then actually what's nice is to encourage, actually, no, if we are smart enough, we need hope. We can't let it go. Well, you can't. There's nothing. I was reading just the other day actually in a, uh, at my hairdresser's. <laughs> He's got some great magazines. <laughs> um, a, an article in, it was in Dumbo Feather actually, which is a great journal, um, about active hope. Mm. Um, and... And, you know, and, and so I guess if, when you ask, you know, is, has the work changed me? It certainly made me really 
keenly looking out for where, you know, for this... Mo- I think there's a movement of hope, to be quite frank with you. I think that's, that is a thing that... I kind of alluded to it before, but I think that is a thing that has changed in the last two years. I think there's absolutely an upswell of 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 hope going on in the world as as you know as you know it's kind of yin and yang isn't it as the as the world gets kind of as the pressure cooker increases it heats up and as the as the the outward signs of uh i you know of civilization seem to be crumbling you know and the un- unimaginable is happening at the same time there's people forging new ideas and new kind and of defiance. Yeah, and 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 I mean, we're not there yet. <laughs> I think there's going to be. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But or yeah. or the same. Or those things happen concurrently. Like it, you know. It does get worse and it does get better at the same time. Quite possibly. In different pockets of the world. Or just even in the same pocket. You know, um. like you've got like with uh, there's two sides to deconstructing you know if if the system's broken and the system has to change then that's going to be hard (laughs) but it could be also really hopeful you know like that's i'm kind of seeing a lot of that kind of thing you know you've got you've got a a a young culture going on of of well well, i I guess it's not necessarily young but a youth-driven culture of of um diy and startup you know like of going you know what i don't have to I don't have to fit into your system. I can make my own system. And there's a, there's so much of it going on. Um, and I'm, you know, it's not just Melbourne. <laughs> you know, it's quite, it's it's pretty much everywhere. Yeah. And so um, when you've got that, you, you kind of, you can de- deconstruct it all. You know, yeah. like if it, it's not working, reclaim it. And Absolutely. that's, what you, I feel like I see a lot of that going yeah. on. And it's somehow about how to um, exist within the individuality-driven culture uh, that is butting up against the need to reclaim processes and structures and constructs so that they can reinvent them without thinking that we only need to do it for ourselves or reclaim ourselves. Mm. Actually, that what needs to be taken responsibility for are all the processes that spill over and affect all the people yeah. that we live with. So when you ask me, has this work changed me? Mm. I think it absolutely has actually because when I made the work I was feeling pretty I actually it, it got me really depressed making the work not the making of the work but the content because mm. I I literally was going I can't believe I'm making a show called Perhaps Hope and I actually feel you know really mm. scared and hopeless and depressed about this stuff like you know I'm actually kind of you know barely treading water here and but how did you know to follow it then the show was driven by, by uh, the show wasn't originally about climate change. When I when I started making the show and when I put ideas forth, um, one to to be a part of the Melbourne Fringe and two to to be a part of the Hub, and that's kind of what the impetus was. Um, you know, I got the gig, so therefore, okay, got to make a show. Uh, I love that. <laughs> and uh, and um, Vince was somebody I had. Uh, we'd crossed paths before one night in the um, in the garden at, uh, in Adelaide Fringe, oh, yeah. where uh, after I'd done my show, and he'd written about my show in a blog. Oh, he'd written about the way women were presenting themselves at Melbourne at Adelaide Fringe that year, and he'd referenced 
our show, Fright or Flight. And so we had a big yarn about stuff. And uh, and and he was just he's he's a big he, he's he's such an interviewer. Like he asks lots of questions, and he was really interested in process. Actually, exactly what we're talking about. Like he was drilling me. Like how do you make work? And then you know what is it? And and about yeah, making performance because he's kind of new to it. But a very skilled technician, and um, and so it was kind of after that conversation, you know, it's like a year later that I kind of went, ah, oh, maybe, maybe you, maybe you're the guy, maybe I'll make work with you. So um, I just fed him ideas, and the ideas that were sitting there at the time, and I think I mentioned this in the Q and A, were actually about biomimicry, and um, they weren't about climate change; they were about. Um, I guess you like finding solutions in the for 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 problems in the world uh, via via nature, like looking at you know blueprints in in nature around you. And Do you have so a favourite version of that where that's happened? My favourite version is the little wingtip that goes up on the aeroplanes, oh like yeah, Qantas planes, whatever. It didn't. It used to be flat yeah. right to the end, but there was, it created a downdraft, oh, and yeah. so it was really energy inefficient. And they noticed that eagles like flare their wings up at the oh, end. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, and they need more updraft, and so they just stole the idea and put it on their planes, and it worked. And t- yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. You do, like just wake up. Yeah, exactly. Don't you don't, like, don't have to come out solved of it already. Yeah, it doesn't have to come out of your brain. It can come out of just looking. Mm. That that's what's really interesting about biomimicry. Um, that we don't have to we don't have to kind of be um, creative gods. We can actually just be observers, <laughs> you know. And that's a lot easier and quicker. And don't you know? Don't ask too yeah. many questions. And just just have a look. Just start noticing. With less ego, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. That's what I think is what interesting. Like the kind of philosophy around it. Because I yeah. I come from a science background. Well, I mean, I come from lots of backgrounds. <laughs> Circus <laughs> is probably a stronger background, but um, I did study to be a zoologist once upon a time. And in and Melbourne, I'm in Melbourne, yeah. yeah. And the and I kind of did that just because I was so fascinated yeah. by looking, you know, by looking at the natural world. It's so interesting. It's yeah. so fascinating. It, like. I recommend it to anybody to go and do a zoology degree just just to study study the natural world. It's so amazing. What other backgrounds did you come from? (laughs) Um, I taught English in South Korea for a little while. Oh, yeah. Um, So I had to kind of teach myself how to teach English through conversation. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's probably enough. I did classical ballet. For yeah, fifteen right. years. That's that was a big. That's a background. That's a lot of backgrounds. <laughs> um, so you've done a lot of Q and As then. With um, do you always have to do a Q and A with perhaps Hope? No, no. That's that might be the first one oh, actually. Wow, yeah, right. yeah. Did anyone ask anything that was useful for the show or useful for your continuing generation of hope in the world? Um. I can't really remember actually, but uh, I do. I did. I did really enjoy talking about the show mm. after the show, mm. after with you know a bunch of people in the room who just witnessed the show because mm. that that is one thing that I. I mean, we found it with Fright or Flight as well. It's quite. We had you know. I seem to have this ongoing um, 
this ongoing difficulty with reviewers and and uh, or even with my you know own kind of writing copy for the show, it's really quite often with both perhaps Hope and Fright or Flight. In a way, they're really um, they don't make sense. They're not shows that make sense. They're not narrative driven, and yeah, they're also yeah, not. Yeah. Um, they're definitely not like any other circus that people see. Um, they're I find them hard to describe. <laughs> and well, so, maybe they make, and I'm the maker, so I don't know. They make sense, but what they don't subscribe to is the need for a linear, like linearity no. or logic. And in, I think th- I, I think I, they make sense to dance. At audiences that are used to seeing contemporary dance, yeah. I feel because they, if they're viewed in the same way, it, if the show's viewed in the same way, that kind of people get it. Uh, but uh, but that's not to say, like. But I imagine that's what you're referring to when you talk about like, I knew what needed to happen and I knew the decisions that I needed to make to make the show technically, like that is a form of sense. Yes. That you're pulling out of skills and time and space yeah totally and uh yeah so uh, talking with a bunch of people who've just seen the show yeah. as opposed to p- talking with people who haven't seen the show is obviously yeah, really much yeah, easier yeah. um because it's easier to say what the show's not than it is to say what the show is yeah. um well because but, we but that's not to say that people like you know i've had audiences come out uh of of the show in Perth, in Adelaide, in Melbourne, in Darwin, in Edinburgh, and just go, I don't really understand what I've just watched, but it was amazing. You know, yeah. they don't, or days later have written to us and gone, yeah. that was, I'm still thinking about it, you know, and and they can't even articulate it, you know, and it's it's kind of, uh, so yeah, like I said, it's, it was a pleasure to talk to people who just seen the show and kind of. Do you think that's why you make? shows instead of writing essays yeah, or something absolutely. that it somehow bypasses the oh totally I'm, I'd much rather I'm not good at write. I'm a shit writer <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit there with a blank page for hours going I can't put it into words mm. like I'm not interested and, and then I realise I'm not interested in putting it into words I've never really I'm not that I'm not a I'm not that guy like but I've always been I can you know I'll give you the physical physical picture you know if I I'm I, I know how to I know how to use my body or I know how to or even other people's body you know like in on a I know the I know the theatre space and yeah. I know how to kind of make pictures and, and patterns and, and not just in um, yeah. in space but in over time you know patterns yeah. over time the things that will disrupt or things that will resolve or things that won't resolve for a good reason or you know I know how, how to do make you know those all of that? I think it's I don't know how I know <laughs> Because it's like a, an integral form of literacy that is that is just left to its own devices in the world. Like it, in in the country that we're lucky enough to be in, in Australia, yeah. there are forms of literacy that are not left to chance. There's um, English literacy and mathematic literacy and that it's supposed to be quite high. And science literacy is like... It's, mm you're supposed to at least get to like year nine, year 10 level, and then it kind of drops off. And then there's like physical literacy with the body that Mm. somehow starts stunting at year seven or something. Mm, Yeah. And then emotional literacy, I don't even know. That seems to be completely (laughs) left up to chance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, is it? 
just to talk it out then, it seems like there's an interesting gradient of literacy, whereas what you're speaking of is if people who are used to watching a physical sense or logic of things evolving and shifting and emerging over time, in the same way that someone who's trained how to listen will hear things in a song that people who don't know how to listen can't hear, I guess. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Wow, your questions just uh, made me think about some uh, more ideas for my <laughs> new show. Yes. <laughs> I was talking, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. <laughs> no, nah, nah, we don't need to know. Yeah. I, someone once told me that it's bad luck to to talk about talk about your show before you've made it. Yeah. And I, I, and I used to not worry about that stuff, but when I heard that, I went, I think there's actually something in that, and it's not not that I'm superstitious at all. It's not. I mean, I am, but not but not really about that. Yeah, performers are pretty superstitious. Yeah, probably. But it's more that, oh, I know why that is. Like, it's like when you when you haven't fully formed something or it doesn't exist yet if you once you put it if if you put it into words it exists yes you know it's like for me it's like uh you know my if i if i have a dream and i remember my dream if i don't actually tell my dream whether it's put it on paper or tell it to somebody else Mm. it stops existing Mm. you know what i mean Uh, the same the same happens for me with ideas like if they're or, you know, if a show is trying to gesticulate, sorry, gestate mm. <laughs> and gesticulate <laughs> and gesticulate, yes. in, in me, then if I, if I put words to that too early or talk about it or kind of put it out there already, then it's, um, I've lost that bit already. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then somehow you, it's hard to know when people say, oh, you mean this, and then you're not sure yet and then you end up making the show that everybody else around you has mm. helped you make, yeah. which is a different way to approach it. Whereas if you know, you can just hold on to it. I do battle that though because sometimes I need to talk something into existence. Well, that too, sometimes yeah. I need it to keep it close until it's so fully formed that it won't die, as, it won't fade and melt in the mm. spotlight as soon as someone looks at it. But that's not to say that I'll... I mean, I've got, and I guess that's what your collaborators are for, like, you know. Yeah. So, so recently, uh, Vince and I went up to, you know, we performed the show in Darwin. We went up a bit early and we went camping together and out on, you know, in Kakadu and Litchfield and. Um, See you in Crocs. Saw, yeah, saw one in the river. That you were swimming one. in? No. Okay. <laughs> we were driving across actually and Vince went, there's one. <laughs> so we turned around and had a look. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, that, you know, that's kind of that experience, uh, him and I hanging out and, you know, talking about stuff and just going and, you know, walking in the bush and, and checking out the top end was is part of that process together of, of making whatever, you know, this new work that we're going to make. Not that I can tell you what it is yet. Do you know what I mean? And and there'll be other things. There'll be, you know, a lunch that I have with someone next week, you know, and, mm-hmm. and chatting about stuff, about, you know, another aspect that might that will probably feed into the show. There's also a book that I'm listening to at the moment on uh, on audio books when I drive my car, you know. there's So there's these kind of... Do you, do you let the... Do you let these kind of things find you or do you seek out, like, certain books... Or Bit of both. So, what's the one you're listening to? Um, it's uh, by Bruce Pascoe, and it's called Dark Emu, and it's about um, uh, it's about Aboriginal Australia and and whether um, 
uh, whether Aboriginal Australia is considered to be uh, w- was um, uh, looked after by agriculture or accident. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Right. Do you think um, far enough into the future will we we will have progressed past this speed bump? Um, where we're currently at, where why we need a show called Perhaps Hope in the first place. And we'll look back on what we now call agriculture and it'll be so primitive that we'll just assume it was an accident. Uh, what do you mean? Say again. So, like, there's this... I, I'm, because I've never thought about the difference between accident and agriculture, but now that you bring it up, I'm thinking, is it possible that we think... Um, like we in the industrialised world think what we're doing is agriculture, but to a sufficiently advanced alien race that visited, they'll be like, these people have no idea what they're doing. They're not taking care of shit. They're not farming it properly. They're like stumbling around in the dark. It must be an accident. Oh, I think... uh, No, I think what... The way we've affected... The world, mm. we've definitely, you know, call it whatever. Yeah, call it, yeah, yeah. We, we've called it agriculture. Uh, uh, and it's a particularly destructive version of agriculture in uh, the Western world. Yeah. It, so it turns out. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the last 100 years, you know, yeah. industrialization and form of agriculture. Um, and probably, I guess, especially in the last 30 years, 40 years. Um, but yeah, the, but the, the Bill Pascoe book is about whether. Um, whether the last 60,000 years of, you know, pre-200 yeah, yeah. years ago was considered to be uh, agriculture or, or just, you know... He's basically p- proposing a case, a very strong argument for um, yeah. incredible agriculture that's yeah, been going on in this country for... Yeah, and sustainable. Sustain- <laughs> well, yeah, 60,000 years is pretty sustainable. It's a, yeah, it's a good record. <laughs> it's a pretty good record. And, you know, whether agriculture has happened for all that time or maybe only 40,000 years, yeah. still it's pretty – the record's pretty long. So, yeah. Um, why make work and then why live the life of somebody who's making work, which is to always be – let, like sitting with something and then letting the world affect you until that something gets to grow and become what it needs to be. Like, what's your biggest hope for all of that effort? <laughs> to, to be able to feed myself and pay my mortgage. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, and to be able to keep doing it, actually. Yeah. That, that also... Um, Yeah, if my biggest hope was just to feed myself and pay my mortgage, I probably wouldn't do it. Do it via this, I'd get a <laughs> get a real yeah, job. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, why do it? I don't know. It's you know, it's a particularly pertinent question. Has been a pertinent question for the last year, I guess. In, well, very recent times where it's felt quite hard and uh, financially, and it, well, and especially. If, because it feels like it's not going to get any easier. <laughs> it's getting mm. scary. But mm. I realised after imagining that I might maybe I'll become an electrician uh, or or a midwife or a, you know <laughs> these fancy flights of fancy. Um, I don't know that I can't. I don't know that I can stop doing this. Mm. 
And when I do it, I get get told I'm good at it. Even if I don't get paid for it. <laughs> Even if it's not making me money. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you have an internal need to do it and then the world seems to have a need for you to do it. <laughs> Bastards. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what have you learnt from doing it? I've learnt so much. Like epiphanies uh, or wisdom or...? Yeah. Always. It's a bit of a man- it can be a bit of a manic cycle, like kind of the highs and the and the epiphanies, and then the what am I doing with my life? What's yeah. my plan? Like um, in a single day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I teach. I, I've learned a lot about obviously about myself, but and other people, and working with other people, and um, and about just kind of greater ideas of the world really and how to how to make sense of the world and to um, communicate ideas and and um, um, yeah and how to how to observe as well I think yeah any Um, tips any tips for how to observe because it's (laughs) quite like the, my background overarching mission at the moment is how to ask better questions, which I think is mostly predicated on the ability to observe because yeah. I think quite often the questions that we get mm, split into riotous groups about in society mm. are actually often the wrong question. Um, And if we can get to the better question, then we won't be split into this like binary yes or no, for or against, because the question yeah. will be less of a fight of logic and more like it will somehow reveal a more long-term thinking to us. I've learned to, um, yeah, and on the question of process, mm. As well, uh, I've learnt to. I've learnt how to make work by making work, not mm. by getting the instruction manual for making work. And yeah, is there and one of those? Well, that, that's that's been the biggest thing for me yeah, to learn. Right. You know, I went to. I didn't trust that I knew how to make work. I had to go to VCA and get a sh- shot in the arm of art. You know, art education. You know, I felt like I needed that, and yeah. I don't. And I justify it. I'm happy to have done that, you know, for all, all sorts of other, for all sorts of reasons that are beyond just literally looking for the instruction manual on how to make work. But because um, actually, in a way, I did discover that. But it's more that wasn't the answer. I didn't get given the instruction yeah, manual. What yeah. I did get given was a year of thinking and talking about stuff and and exposure to different ideas, exposure to different, you know modes of visual theatre, contemporary theatre, I guess, or just hanging out with some other artists who are just interested in talking shit about it, (laughs) talking the talk or just mulling on it. But, you know, and and those those people being, continuing to be my friends and and colleagues, you know, and so it's it's kind of about that really, isn't it, at the end of the day, you know, that's what you, you can, you don't have to go to university to find it, but... no, it but it can be a way as well, you know. Yeah. And that's fine. And I just happened to 
choose that. Um, but that's been, I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is that um, you've got to write your own instruction manual. And I'm a, I'm hopeless for, I'm, I'm a hopeless, but this is why I can't write, I think, you know, I'm a hopeless perfectionist and in a, in in a way that just it can it can um, like I'll get I get writer's block about something you know whether it's literally because I'm you know in trying to write something but it might just be about making something or actually you know fixing that thing in the house or whatever it is like but I don't know how to do it exactly the perfect way so ha- so I'm scared to start you know that's the the biggest the biggest thing that I'm still learning in life I think is is that um, you need to actually is is just the observation and just going well, just watch what works and watch what doesn't, and watch and just go forth and be prepared to make mistakes and blunder your way through. And the other is that is um, is the laws of attraction and mm. uh, is to just go with where you buzz, you know, with go towards people who buzz your cells, go towards ideas that buzz your cells, because you know what, like. The ones that don't, they're not worth the energy, you know. That's probably the other biggest lesson. And that and that applies to my making as well as my who I'm friends with and who I bother connecting with and who I do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. when you realise that, it's just it's life's so much easier. <laughs> so much simpler. You're not worried about who you should be talking to. You just kind of go with your instincts. How do you what does that instincts. feel like? Like the like feeling. an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> like a lightness. <laughs> what does it feel like to, like, how do you know that something is worth your time and something is your people and this is your project? Is that just a, an instinct? It feels like a buzzing of the cells. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It feels like, it like feels like, yeah, yeah, your yeah, cells yeah. are just doing your little buzz. You yeah. get, ex- you get, ex- oh, you know, it's like when you you come home and your puppy dog's excited to see you. It's that. It's like the cells in your body are having that reaction to something. Awesome. And if they're not having that reaction, then it's dead. Like yeah, it's, a, it's a dead relationship. You know. And even the self of don't you can't make it happen. Bringing. Yes. You can't. You can't create that excitement. It either is or it isn't. So if it's not there, then you're not attracted to it. So don't go towards it. Do you go looking for those things? Yeah, I do. That's what I've learned in yeah. in the in this process that I'm currently in about making a new show. Mm. I'm actually I am seeking those things, and I know when I find them because there's that you know Mm-mm-mm. that metaphorical puppy sitting there going, <laughs> you know, and I go, oh, I'm really. Ex- I have no idea how this relates to yeah. the show that I'm going to make, but this is buzzing myself. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read that book, or I'm going to watch that movie, or I'm going to listen to that sound you know that yeah, that yeah. that new that artist the musician that i've just stumbled across whatever it is you know it's and that's what's that's the exciting thing about making work and i used to get i used to get shit scared about making work when i was in i was in a company years ago and it was the creative development time i remember just every day of creative development i would be i'd go to work just you know with my tail between my legs and like in fear <laughs> i hated it now i love it <laughs> How do you know where to look, or where do you look, or you just get out of bed? Yeah, right. <laughs> the first step to being an artist: <laughs> first, you get out of bed. Get out of bed, make a coffee, and uh, who knows? Like, mm. uh, you know, buy the newspaper or 
go to the hairdresser and read read a magazine and go, oh, that's ex- have interesting. Conversations with have people. conversations, yeah. And do you write things down? Like, do you make notes about these things when they happen, or you just yeah, I do. Them? I'm not very good at it, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> my notebooks aren't very organised. Take a photo of the thing. Yeah, I'm tending to take photos. And yeah. then hope that I can just look back and it'll be my brain <laughs> there, the photo album. I get kind of... Um, and I think, you know, I think you have to be. And it, I don't always. Like sometimes I get bogged down and go, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And that's when it's great when someone like Vince comes along and goes, it doesn't matter, let's just do it anyway. Mm. Let's just, you know, that didn't stop us last time. Like let's just go forth. Oh, yeah, okay, great. Oh, you're great to have around, you know. <laughs> that's okay. That's a good relationship, yeah. <laughs> you know. But the uh, I think it is. Sometimes you forget things, but if you're not a good note taker, but I'm kind of I get in when you're in, when I'm in that process, I kind of uh, and uh, I'm feeling good about trusting myself. Then it's then it's just mm. then I kind of feel like well, if I if I've forgotten something, I probably wasn't important you know that's that's what i was about to say as well that there's some um superpower in switching between thinking and doing and thinking and doing when you process is that it gets things it's less that things get forgotten and more that things either get embodied Mm. and then refined and then the the excess drops away and so even if what you've put in to the body is not is no it is no longer what is in the body. What is in the body is now the thing that needs to be dealt with and worked with. And so, if you've forgotten the words that go around that, it's no—that's not what you're dealing with anymore, anyway. No, that's right. I agree. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to talk about that I haven't asked? Um, maybe maybe again on that instruction manual thing. Yeah. Uh, I think as a um, just I'm just reflecting on the fact that I think my my method and my process is is so far away, so far removed from anything that you could call scientific. <laughs> and so because and and that's important actually. Yeah. Well, uh, but science is in the in the aspiration towards factual and maybe that's not where we're working. Yeah, and yet I feel like the thing that interests me in what I do now is is so similar, hmm. is so not different to the thing that, that part of me that I'm no, like I'm not a different person. That yeah. is, there's, there's not a different rocky stone that was fascinated by yeah. studying zoology. And so, it, because in some ways, science and arts are so, so much in parallel. Actually, you know, you kind of just, you're just look, observing. You're just looking and observing and trying to make sense of the world. And you don't know what you're looking for. Often, do you know what I mean? Like it's actually about discover. Science is about discovery, as is mm. making work. Yeah, I remember one of my favorite quotes is that the discovery gets made not by. Aha, that's what I thought it was going to be. But, huh, that's strange. <laughs> and then that's when a new thing gets discovered and then has to be dealt with. Because yeah. everything that you can imagine will be the result is kind of already dealt with and already in the world. But it's when you get, it's when you're doing the work of like showing up, getting vibrated by the things, observing, 
mm. that you observe a thing that you couldn't have imagined. Yeah, but the converse is true too, I think. And mm. that's that's actually, there's a, um, a bit of text in our show. I don't know if you remember, but it's kind of the final thing that happened. The final moment. Just before the final Just moment of the, the show, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Just before that bit, there's a um, there's a text, and it's um, uh, it's a oh, is it? I think it's Da Vinci. There's we've got this little piece of text that happens at the end. It's a series of quotes by different um, different people, but I think this particular part of the quote is by Da Vinci, and um, and it's everything that you can imagine is real, and so th- and that for me is a really interesting. Uh, note on on philosophy and science and art. It, for me, that really grounds what's the purpose of art. You know, because actually, if you can't if you can't imagine it, your scientists probably won't find it. You know, <laughs> and if you can't imagine it, then it won't happen. Like that's what makes sci-fi just perfect. Sci-fi is very interesting. Yeah, I've often thought that too. Uh, or like the really you know Jules Verne and yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you can't if they didn't if you can't imagine it it won't you won't invent won't, it yeah we won't be able to reach for yeah something that, yeah but the same happens in the in the natural world like Absolutely. we don't see we don't see stuff because we're not looking for it and then suddenly you know in the hundredth monkey thing too like just something plops into social content conscience and mm. suddenly it's it exists and it didn't how, how come that didn't exist before yeah you know there's this really cool, completely fictional sci-fi book called The Star Maker and it speaks about how many conscious minds are required before we reach a, like a unified mm. consciousness mm-hmm. that, we, that is no longer tied to time and ego and um, mm. that it just goes th- through like, which is just actually a nice thing to imagine that maybe overpopulation will reach some positive outcome <laughs> mm-hmm. that the hundredth monkey actually needs to be the 20 billionth mind but it doesn't all need to be human minds mm. it's just minds that are consciously aware enough that they can become aware that they are yeah greater in in connection right separate but, I mean, that's the joy of sci-fi. Yeah. That you wonder what it would be like. Yeah. Have you written this instruction manual for yourself that you're building and creating and designing every time you make work? You're, look, you're looking your at it. <laughs> <laughs> this is all I got. <laughs> Someone asked me the other day, they're like, have you... That work you made, have you like written down that vocabulary? I was like, yeah, it's in my collaborator and it's in me. And <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, but they'll lose their memories and they'll get injured. Well, oh, that's live that's up, true. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but if I wrote it down, it wouldn't be it. It would be a description of it. Yeah. It would be yeah. a signpost towards it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Pleasure, Matt. <laughs>